Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of Encounter with God Together, our weekly audio and video podcast, where we review the readings in Scripture Union's daily Bible reading guide called Encounter with God. Every week, I welcome a guest, and I'm happy to have uh, Dan Garrison Edwards here. Today, Dan is a friend, and he's on staff at uh, a local church with CCO Campus Ministry. And uh, you're off to a you're off to your start this fall, right, Dan? Yes, it's uh, started off with all the with move-in day and meeting students and just all the all the momentum that the first three weeks of the semester brings. Uh, that's great, and uh, he's a good partner. CCO is a great ministry that collaborates with churches and um, college campuses. So, so Dan, I'm I'm thankful that you're making a little time for us today. Very happy to be here, Gail. Thank you for having me. Good. We're in some hard stuff, so I'm going to pray for you, and uh, we'll get going. Father, I thank you for for Dan. I thank you for his heart. I thank you for his willingness to look at hard things, hard questions, and um, be prepared to share them with the students who are doing the same. And I pray that you bless his ministry and that you speak through him today as he shares. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yay. Well, um, we're continuing on in 2 Samuel. And we are approaching some tough passages, and I'm I'm uh, looking forward as much as maybe our viewers and uh, listeners to hearing what God's given you to share. Sure, yeah, uh, these are hard passages. So we uh, Monday starts right off with Second Samuel 13, which is the 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 tragic and infamous um, rape of Tamar, where where Amnon her brother lures her in with um, goes to Amnon goes to his father David and says. Uh, and says, you know, send my sister to me to bring me cakes. Uh, and she she brings them. And then he, when she will not give herself physically to him willingly, he he nefariously takes it. And and it really, I think this is the part that, as we go through the next few chapters in Second Samuel, this is where you start to see uh, King David, King David's kingdom start to start to deteriorate and cave in on itself. I, this is the the portion of of the biblical text that, to me, reads the most Game of Thrones esque. This is where you start getting the the political intrigue. This is also where you you know you get some of the very horrific and tragic violence, and and we see this man after God's own heart, who we're told over and over and over again, uh, come to this point where where he he loses his throne. Yeah, uh, Tamar's. Uh, Brother Absalom is uh, very furious at the way David handles uh, handles Amnon the handles Amnon after after uh, he rapes Tamar and and rightfully so I think that's something we all very much feel of like well yeah. why does David do nothing it says David yeah. grieves but he doesn't do anything about it and Absalom is this is this this young guy who's like well I'm going to take this in my own hands. And he he stages a revolt and he takes the throne and David for the second time in his life flees into the wilderness of Judah. The first time is when um, he's hiding from King Saul, mm-hmm. and it's it always makes me wonder like why why is um, it's one of those moments where I think to myself what what separates David from Saul or even what separates David from Absalom because David it all starts with David to some extent you could be you could argue abdicating responsibility for his authority and for his kingdom and and I think it's so much of it comes down to the the that David's posture towards God is always one that's always very 
very ready to to confess and to seek forgiveness. You know, I think uh, there's good reason to believe David is the one who writes, you know, a contrite heart, Lord, you will not refuse. Earlier mm. in the Psalms, and that's that's where we find ourselves is is now the dividing line isn't even so much competency of leadership. It's what's the posture towards God <laughs> in moments where, where our incompetency shows itself. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's very good. Yeah. Go ahead. So yeah, that's, you know, we'll have, I think it's, there's, there's just so much to be said with, I think Absalom in particular like resonates with me as far as like what with my thirst for justice or what I interpret mm-hmm. as justice, you know, or maybe when I, my thirst for justice morphs into revenge or like, well, I know the better way to handle this. Yeah. And, and it's hard to let, it's hard to tell Absalom that he's wrong. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, that's the conflicting part. And, it is. And, um, but Absalom, as we'll see over the course of the week, doesn't, also doesn't necessarily deal justly once he's there because he usurps mm. the throne after he's already sought revenge on Am, Ammon. Yeah, and the, and I'm I was curious as to why he would have made his sister stay silent. Mm. You know, because if he wanted justice, she could have said, "Hey, this happened," and gotten some justice, right? Right. Right. Yeah, and there's it's. Yeah, I. There, I, I think of, um, you know, the, the the ways in which I know uh, when I was younger, you know, when I was in my twenties, I had a very, I thought I always had a very clear sense of here's how I, here's how this ought to be run, and I could run yeah. it better. Mm-hmm. Um, and in me, and I wonder, is there a degree of like where he where he decides he can run it better, and he can also do that while keeping. The protection of his, the confidence and protection of his sister, yeah, and doing that. Like, oh, if 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 I'm the one that has the power here, if I'm king, if I'm sitting on the throne, then nobody needs to know, and I can make. Yeah, I think that's a good, things. that's a good guess for for why that was. Um, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, um, and I think certainly there's the uh, we get also here David just being. Um, we see David's own humility as far as David himself has no desire to kill Absalom. Like that is not part of his marching orders. And yeah. he's not, it's a similar to how you, in many ways you see David respond to Absalom in a similar way you see him respond to Saul. Yes. Earlier in life where he says, well, where his, his, his whole posture with Saul is um, not, I'm not going to lay a hand on God's anointed. And I think you see something similar here where he's, where maybe where, you know, David's, not all is also going to sort of extend that same that same posture towards Absalom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, I can't. I think of the times the 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 humility which which David must have to just. I think him fleeing fleeing Jerusalem is a act of an act of self preservation. But there's also, I think, an odd degree of surrender to it that comes with that I think. yes yeah like okay maybe god wants me out right maybe this is the you know he has it in, he has it in his history that god that god appointed him king over saul and you know i think there's that there's a point where where does that also cross david's mind of well maybe absalom has been appointed over me yes yeah that's interesting 
Yeah, and I think there's so much. Um, I just keep coming back to the ways we see this this humility in David, where David, uh, for the ways that he has con- maybe consistently lacked wisdom, particularly in his later years as king, really from, I think, uh, the episode of Bathsheba moving forward. <laughs> he, if we don't see David uh, ruling rightly, but he also very much um, returns to God. I'm really... I'm really encouraged by the the prayers throughout this week in encounter with God. Uh, just prayers for for um, keeping us from from uh, a critical and judgmental spirit, as well as other um, desires for control, and just all the things I think we see both. Um, I think these prayers really are just juxtaposed very clearly. That you know what what is. Um, where David needs to grow and what his, what his, um, what his flaws or where his, his brokenness is and also where the brokenness in Absalom is too. And they're both the, the, I love that, uh, you know, scripture doesn't shy away from that in either of them. Yes. Yeah. That, yeah, that's true. I mean, you could, you could write a better story if you wanted to. <laughs> you could, you could, you know, David. David could seem could be the could be the flawless hero all the way through. There could be um, he could always make the right decision and still get usurped and get to come back as a hero. But I think I, I'm always this always just reaffirms me that the main character the main character of scripture is always God. Mm-hmm. The ways in which David has heroic moments and David has not so heroic moments and tragic moments that the 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 person who is it's the person of God who who is the main character, and to some extent, you know, Scripture is just all about what what is God's relationship in this in this particular uh, in First and Second Samuel. What's God's relationship with David? What's God's relationship with with David's kingdom? And what's how is uh, at no point um, uh, I may I hope I'm not getting this incorrect. If I believe is that if I was reading it, if I was reading it closely enough, I don't know if Absalom ever at any point beseeches God at any point throughout his, throughout his rule. And that is, that's such yeah. a central ascent. I think it's such a, a central difference there in the two of them. Yeah. And I, I noticed even, you know, the, the man who tells him, who gives him the advice, um, whose name is escaping me right now. It starts with an A, a, a mm-hmm. or something like that. Uh, he, um, he is the one that's been declared as the one that's always giving the counsel of God. Mm. And then he takes the advice of the other guy who has not been declared to do that. So, yeah. you know, it, again, you know, I think that's a distinction between him and, and David, where I think David would seek the counsel of the one who he knows is, is, is prophetic and uh, given that gift by God. Mm. I yeah. also was struck by how he responded to the man who cursed him. Mm. Um, by saying, yeah, maybe God wants to be cursing me. Uh, so let him alone, <laughs> you know, like it's so again, that posture that you're talking about of, of God's going to be God. And I think he must've been haunted by God's word to him that, that there would continue to be consequences from his, uh, sin with Bathsheba. Yeah. And I, I, I'm, I imagine that, you know, there's, there's, um, uh, perhaps, Perhaps a cascading effect of of you have of he has this very pivotal moment where he where he shows this um, abdicating of leadership. Right? I mean, to to go uh, to to go back to the to the story of of David and Bathsheba. 
it, that all starts because because uh, the text opens with David did not go out to war as kings did in that day. So already before we even move ahead to where we find ourselves this week, David has, you know, to some extent, maybe started becoming a lazy king. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, yeah. Um, maybe David has gotten too comfortable. And I, and I wonder, you know, maybe is, is there is there something about David's return to the wilderness that's a that is a a reminder for him, right? That to mm-hmm. that is there's that removal of that comfort. And I think um, you know, likewise, Saul Saul never seeks out a prophetic word unless it suits him. Right, exactly. <laughs> to David. And I think and I and I want I wonder to what to what extent the biblical writers want us to draw always be drawing that parallel is here's Saul on one side of David, here's Absalom on the other. And here's the ways that they are just incredibly similar. Here's the ways in which you know, uh, Absalom is going to reject the prophetic word, even though for reasons that seem right, that I, aren't apparent to me. Yeah. Why does why does this trusted advisor of David go to be with Absalom? <laughs> right, that's yeah. very puzzling, and yet Absalom also rejects that word. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. Well, Dan, I think you've hit some some good spots there that you know make this passage a little more palatable in terms of what, what we might want to see about God and well, what he I hope, I hope expects so. from his leaders. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't take away the fact that it's hard and confusing either, does it? Mm, no, not at all. I mean, there's, there's a, uh, I think one of the questions I get most often from college students, or even when I've worked with, with, uh, with teenagers is the question like, well, why is this in the Bible? Why yeah. is this? And, and I think my response is always, is always, well, you know, these, it's in, it's in the Bible because this is because these things happen within human, within the human experience. And God takes that seriously. And people don't respond, you know, people in leadership don't respond to these, to these uh, horrific acts as they ought. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And yet God is still present and God is still still beckoning us towards towards confession and towards mercy and towards grace and, mm. and we see continually that david that david what set what sets david apart as a person after god's own heart is that david is continually returning to that like i really messed this up lord and, and you're yeah, there's, there's really bad actions but there's also the realization that they were really bad actions i think right yeah which is different Oh, that's good. Did did you have anything more you wanted to add? I know I, I jumped in and added some of my own. No, that's wonderful. I think I mean I think that's about that about uh that about does it. You know, I think yeah. this is a I think um this is an exciting this is a particularly uh exciting week of, of passages. Mm. There's a lot of action. You can see it on the screen. Yeah. Very much. Say. Well, Dan, would you pray for us uh, and our uh, those who are uh, with us today? I'd be happy to. Almighty and everlasting God, we thank you that you're a God who has entered into history, that you take um, our experience uh, seriously, that you are a God who looks at the tragedies and the horrors of the world and your heart uh, breaks and cries with us. We thank you that we are that you are a God that we can always return to. That contrite mm. heart you will not refuse. Mm. I offer to you our week as we prayerfully move through. It's really challenging and at times really, um, really terrifying texts. We 
that we offer up to you. Mm. Our time of prayer, we ask that your Holy Spirit would meet us, would comfort us, would give us eyes to see and ears to hear where you're at work, not only in this text, but in the world around us, where you are ministering to those whom you've loved in this story, as well as where you're ministering to us and to those around us. We, we offer up to you this week and our time walking through your word. In your precious and holy name, amen. 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 Thank you so much, Dan. And I'll be praying for you as well as you continue launching into your semester with the students. Well, thank you so much, Gail. I appreciate it. All right. Have a great week, everyone. Bye for now.